Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're talking all about the FIFA World Cup. Joining me once again is Ethan from PSG Fan Club Boise. Ethan, thanks for coming on. How are things on your end? Yeah, it's good, man. Uh, I don't know about uh, you, but it just started snowing a bit today here in Boise. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been good. Been having a lot of fun watching the World Cup so far. Yeah, it's been it's good to have this World Cup in the winter. We've had a, quite a bit of snow here in Utah, and it's been in the low 30s, uh, upper 20s. So it's been nice to just kind of chill on the couch and watch a little football. So, And, yes, we're calling it football even though we're in America. I, you know, that whole campaign. What do you think about that campaign and that chant, it's called soccer or whatever? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I don't love it. It uh, I get it's sort of a, a, a chant of pride, you know, uh, Yeah. kind of. That's one of our things. It's it's like the new uh, we believe chant. I kind of feel like, but um, no, I've I've always called it football unless I'm with uh, you know people that that don't watch football a bunch. But yeah, it's it is kind of funky. But <laughs> you know, people can do whatever they want, I guess. But I yeah, it's, call it, it whatever. <laughs> it is football. I just use football and American football if I'm trying to distinguish. <laughs> so. That's a good point. Yeah, the we believe that we can win or however that goes, it's very cringy. I never liked that chant. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get into the World Cup because there's been several high-profile casualties in the group stage. We saw Mexico, Germany, Belgium, which I believe was like the number two team in the world ranked. Um, Uruguay, they all failed to make the knockout stage. We also saw some surprises with uh, Morocco and Hakimi advancing on Japan, which you called, you said, look out for Asian football uh, this tournament. So there you go. Um, for you, though, what has been the standout story of this World Cup so far? The standout? Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Morocco winning their group was was pretty cool for me. Uh, I wasn't able to watch a lot of their games, as those were usually the uh, the 3 or the 4 a.m. games here in Boise. Uh, for you as well, since we're in the same time zone. But um, Morocco topping that group, I mean, Belgium is ranked second in, in the world, but I feel like people don't really pay attention to those those rankings. And I think we all knew coming in that they probably weren't a top 10 team. But I just felt like that group was so, uh, there were no, you know, none of the favorites. I, I'm not expecting Croatia to make the final again, but all those teams were real solid. And I just thought they would all have a little more quality than Morocco at the end of the day. But uh, apparently not. I was also pretty bummed out that that our neighbors to the north, Canada, uh, did not have a good World Cup campaign. But, yeah, I, I love seeing uh, uh, Hakimi and, and Morocco top that group. Yeah, I think that would definitely be, you know, if you're looking for the, the surprise, that certainly would be it. You know, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Similar to you calling out Asian football, I thought that uh, Switzerland would do well this tournament. They advance on. They will be playing, as I click over, uh, they were playing uh, Portugal. Brill Mbolo is another player I called out from Monaco. He was fantastic, scoring a few goals, I believe. So they advanced on. I don't know if that's the, the talk of the tournament, the story or anything, but certainly a surprise there along with um, Morocco. 
I, I would say, and, and we'll get to this topic next, but I think France has to be up there just because look at their injury list. I mean, their injury list could probably make a World Cup. And they've just come in here, haven't missed a beat. Mbappe's playing fantastic. And a lot of people I thought maybe thought that they would take a step down, maybe struggle, maybe not top their group. And they just kept on clicking. I've been very impressed with their their play. Um, and, of course, Brazil, they've been playing very well. We'll talk about Neymar's injury as well. But um, I guess we can transition into the France match. So they advance to the quarterfinals. Mbappe with two goals. And uh, Olivier Giroud becomes the all-time leading scorer for France. Um, he, he scored the first goal of the game. What did you think of that performance from France, if you want to talk about their performance in the tournament overall? And then we've got to get into Mbappe, who once again is putting the world on notice that he, not Erling Haaland, is the best player in the world. Yeah, so France, obviously, they they weren't in the toughest group ever. Um, I, I didn't think Denmark would do as poorly as they did, but, you know, they they did what was important. They won their first two group stage games and they were kind of able to coast in that, in that third match against Tunisia where they didn't need the win. They didn't even need a draw. They just needed to really not get, get blown out. And we knew that was never going to happen. So I think it was big that they were able to rest a lot of the guys. Mbappe didn't play 90 minutes. He played 25 and uh, yeah, so solid, solid group stage for them. Nothing crazy, like I said, they weren't in the toughest group. But as far as today, um, that was a, a real good performance. Obviously, the first half was a bit dicey uh, for a while, where you know there were a couple. Uh, Lloris had to make a couple saves, and um, I'm forgetting who made a clearance off the line. I forget, but um, yeah, forget, it was but. it was one of the defenders for France, but it was like Lloris really was creating his own issues. It was a poor clearance and just. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking, and luckily he was able to step up and make that save, and then there was a scramble. So Poland certainly could have gotten on the board first with a goal. Um, just France were very PSG-like with the uh, <laughs> defending, scrambling at the back, but they were able to hold on, and then, man, Mbappe. Well, first let's talk about Giroud. He comes in and, and scores that goal, all-time leading scorer. I feel like Giroud is like one of those underrated strikers out there that people just kind of forget about, but France is a big team with a lot of really high profile players and, and no one scored more goals than him that's pretty amazing accomplishment yeah it uh yeah I, I feel exactly the same way he's always been so underrated uh I don't know I can't even think of what his best club season was like I'm not even sure it was it was probably with Chelsea wasn't it I really haven't followed his career that much uh, I was thinking Arsenal you know he had played there for several years um I guess from 2012 to 2018 i think that was the longest he's been with the team really wow i see like i said i just haven't followed this club career very closely i i really didn't think he was at arsenal for six years but 180 yeah, I, appearances 73 goals uh, well that was 73 yeah for yeah. that's not a great goal scoring rate but whenever he's with france the guy just turns it on and um yeah and then obviously we can't can't forget about killing mbappe the current best player in the world with an assist and the assisted Giroud and, and two goals. So he once again uh, showed us all why, why he's the best player in the world right now. And he's going to get a chance because he's likely going to have to play. We'll have to see later today. We're recording this podcast on Sunday morning, our time, mountain time here in the United States and England and Senegal will kick off uh, here shortly. And if it's France versus England, that's going to be very interesting. 
a lot of those Premier League players, everyone says Mbappe's got to get out of uh, France and Ligue 1 to really prove himself. Well, he's going to be going up against pretty much an entire team of Premier League, the best that the Premier League has, you know, essentially. And if he's able to dominate and score goals, I think that will silence any of that conversation where it's like, okay, you know, Holland's here scoring against Bournemouth, so he's better. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And, uh, well, unfortunately, I agree with you, but unfortunately, people will always make the argument because some people will always say, well, you know, playing a, a knockout game against an English side, like he's done in the Champions League, or, you know, if he does it in the World Cup here, um, it, it's it's not the same as playing a 38-game Premier League season, which, yeah, I mean, whatever. But I, I do agree. This is, uh, there's probably a little more, you know, obviously there's more at stake for these kind of games. And I don't think you can use that kind of uh, argument against him. But, I mean, we've seen him do it in the Champions League. The guy has, yeah, I think he averages over a goal or an assist per game in the Champions League for his career, I think it's pretty clear he can do this on the highest level. <laughs> and I love the stat. They were saying he, you know, they use this metric of how fast he can run, and then they put it into like a 40 time because that's what us Americans are used to when, you know, NFL players at the Combine and such. And I think they said in a game he was running like a 3-8-40, something like that, which, you know, in the NFL, the fastest players run – I don't know, like a three, four, something like that. Uh, four, four, two. Yeah. Or four, two. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he's, I'm going to be getting my numbers incorrect, but he's essentially lightning fast, faster than any. And this is during a game that Mbappe is doing it. And we saw it several times where he would try to get a touch and just sprint past a, a Polish defender. And they did really good in sticking with him and kind of muscling. I saw a few times they tugged on his shirt. It's really the only way to stop him. But his pace is just something that, translate to any level any league and it, it's what makes him elite yeah i'm i'm sure that the 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 metric they use for his 40 time a 3-8 i'm sure that was probably used when when he's doing a already running start but uh, regardless i even think if his acceleration is so good obviously we see it all the time that i feel like if he had to run a, a 40 just like they do in the nfl combine yeah it wouldn't surprise me if he he was in the four ones but he'd probably be in the four twos just with the fastest uh, NFL players. And um, yeah, yeah, he's uh, like, like you said, uh, yeah, Matty Cash and uh, what was the other guy's name? Kaminsky for, yeah. for Poland. They, uh, they were getting cooked all game long. And I, I tweeted in the, the first half after Mbappe had, had burnt uh, Kaminsky again, I said, it is only a matter of time before Mbappe connects with someone on one of these crosses with his weak foot. And then about 10 minutes later, he uh, it wasn't a cross, but he, he got the assist to Giroud. So, yeah. And I think Matty Cash definitely has to win the award for best name at the World Cup. Hands down. Great name. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious that he represents Poland, too. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the guy grew up in England and everything, but one of his parents are, are Polish. So I don't blame the guy for trying to get international caps, even though he's probably doesn't feel as Polish as everyone else, but yeah, you know, I get it. It's a business decision, but yeah, he definitely has a yeah, great, great name. Let's uh, keep it moving here, Ethan. So we want to talk about Neymar. So he went down with a pretty nasty ankle injury in Brazil's opening match. Um, got He was getting roughed up all game um, and in the injury, he was getting tackled and um, they kind of like rolled on his ankle. I believe it was uh, Serbia. 
and they were just roughing him up. And I, I saw the ankle injury, and as PSG fans, we've seen that same injury several times um, throughout his career here at PSG. I thought he'd be done for the World Cup, but apparently he may be able to play tomorrow um, as Brazil get ready to take on South Korea. What were your thoughts as soon as you saw the injury? And as PSG fans, should we be worried that he's going to play so soon after what is very clearly a sprained ankle? Yeah, I uh, when I saw that, I... Um... <clears throat> I, so I studied uh, sports science in, in college, and you know I'm by no means an expert, but when I saw it, I, I didn't think it was like one of the some of the past ones where he's missed months. I definitely thought, ooh, yeah, that his World Cup might be over, but a lot of those, if that was a, a, a grade, I think grade one, I forget. I forget if you use high numbers or low numbers for the severity of those injuries, but it I, I immediately thought that could be just a, a light sprain and he could be back in a week or two. So I predicted that he would be back for the quarterfinals. Uh, I hope, I hope they're not rushing him tomorrow. Um, I mean, South Korea is, is good, but I feel like if he's not 100% completely back to his normal self, I feel like he should start on the bench. But um, yeah, I, at the, when I first saw it, I don't know why, for some reason I wasn't as worried as before. I think I had this, Maybe I had this feeling that this is just going to be his World Cup and this is his year and this is his comeback. So maybe uh, maybe I was a bit naive thinking, you know, oh, he's invincible right now. But Yeah, it, it just always seems to go, you know, not our way as PSG fans. Um, always our players are always the ones getting injured. And so I, I saw that and I was like, yikes. But then I thought I didn't study um, – medicine sports medicine or anything like that but you know growing up playing sports i played basketball and anyone who plays basketball you'll roll your ankle it's just not if when and the first time i did it i broke my ankle and now you know i'm in my 30s if i roll my ankle coming down the stairs or something my ligaments are so stretched out (laughs) that if i roll my ankle it might hurt for a second but i just keep walking and it's fine um and i wonder if we're getting to that stage with uh, with neymar that he has sprained broken stretched those ligaments in his ankle so many times that i just wonder if it's like spaghetti at this point where it's just kind of flexible and you know he'll turn it might look nasty but maybe he just needs a couple days to get over it is there any truth to that since you've actually studied this uh you know what i wish i knew a little more but that that makes that could make sense to me um if you're so used to especially because it's not a well i mean i guess ligaments are are Injuries like that to ligaments are sometimes really tough to come back from, uh, just mm. like just like ACL or yeah, like ACL tears. But I know yeah. it's a little different there on on the ankle. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if his ankle has been damaged so many times that it's just hardened to uh, to potential uh, hits and injury. Uh, I'm not yeah, I'm not not sure though. Yeah, well, one thing I do feel good about is that this World Cup, you know, being in Qatar. You know, there's plenty of PSG representatives. I'm sure Nasser is there. So if if they were rushing Neymar back, they're right there. They'll know about it. I am sure they're talking to Brazil. Do you need do you need additional trainers? Do you need facilities? <laughs> Whatever Neymar needs, I'm sure PSG and Qatar are providing it. And if they are rushing him back, I'm sure that PSG executives, someone would 
you know, leak that to to the media or something like that, um, that they were rushing him back and he's clearly not ready. So I, if he's going to play, I feel okay about it. So PSG fans, rest assured. I don't know if he'll start, though. I can see him maybe coming in second half, 60th minute, something like that, and, and playing. Um, do you expect him to start? What do you expect from Neymar tomorrow? Uh, no, I don't. I don't expect him to start. I feel like uh, Brazil. They, they they'll expect to obviously beat South Korea, and if if they're going to win the World Cup, they're going to need they're going to almost certainly need Neymar at 100%. So I, I don't think I don't think he'll start. I, like like you said, uh, if they're in danger in the second half, then I bet he comes on for sure. But I just think you know. There's there's such short turnarounds between games. I mean, if they win, their next game is on on the ninth, which is Friday. So I believe it's Friday. Yeah, it's yeah. Friday. yeah. So um, yeah, it's just like the fatigue, and it's good that it's 26 man rosters this year, add a tiny bit more depth. But there's such short turnaround that if if a guy gets injured again, then he's basically done for the the tournament. Yeah, and so Brazil, they'll take on South Korea tomorrow, and then they'll play the winner of uh, Japan-Croatia. So relatively easy, you know, compared to some of the other teams. Um, You know, Argentina, they're going to take on uh, Netherlands. So Messi will take on Netherlands, who looked very, very good. I'm not sure if this is a good Netherlands side or if that was just a really bad performance um, from the U.S. Any thoughts on that U.S. performance? Uh, um, you know, I guess Netherlands they they lost three one. Yeah, so I think the Netherlands were were pretty good, um, although the for the U.S. Uh, Greg Berhalter definitely got outcoached by Louis um, Van Hal, but and then we just kind of showed our inexperience as well. So it was it was kind of a not a perfect storm because it's not like we played uh, awful, but we also weren't ultra ultra competitive. I mean, at the end there, you know, it was dicey for five minutes. After uh, Haji Wright scored in the 75th minute to make it 2-1, um, that was one of the weirdest goals I've ever seen. That was that was the most Brazilian goal I've I've ever seen. I think I saw someone say it uh, just went off like the back of his foot and kind of rainbowed over into the top left corner. It was super weird. But um, now the Netherlands were were much better than us, and yeah, like I said, we just kind of got outplayed in every facet of the game. Well, this brings me to my next question. Um... Has there been a player at the World Cup that has caught your eye and you think would be a good fit at PSG? And and I can answer this one first since we were just talking about the U.S. Tyler Adams. I I was beyond impressed with him. I knew that he was a very good player. But I feel like in this World Cup, we saw him just, especially against England, where he just controlled that midfield. He did everything. If one of his teammates needed help, you know, pressing or covering a passing lane or something, he was there. He was great at the link-up play. Beating the attack, which you know didn't score many goals, but I just felt like he was in the midfield, just doing everything offensively, defensively. He was everywhere. I loved his passion. I loved just everything that he brought to the game, and I thought he was easily uh, the United States' best player. And we could certainly use a player like that in the midfield. I'm not saying he would be a starter next to Verratti, but I think it would be a really good competition between him and Vitinha. I would love to see Tyler Adams. And before you say, well, oh, he's American. He hasn't been tested. I believe he was at Leipzig, and now he's at Leeds. So he's he's been in big leagues. He's been playing for a while. Um, unfortunately, I think he's got like a five-year deal at Leeds. So it probably would cost a lot if Leeds would even sell him. But 
I just thought that he was a player that really impressed me and, and plays in a, a position that we could certainly use at um, PSG. Uh, but what about you? Was there anyone out there that caught your eye that you thought maybe PSG should go in for them uh, in January or next summer? Yeah, uh, mine was also going to be Tyler Adams as a as a homer as well. Um, I agree with everything you said, so uh, I won't elaborate on, on that since you covered it all. But um, honestly, kind of think of anyone else. Um, I just, I, I honestly, to be honest with you, I don't know uh, all the, the teams super well. I, I really just uh, focus on PSG and, and USA and the French team, but I've always kind of wondered how Giroud would do with us. I know it's mm. probably too late in his career, but I, I think when when there was some controversy with, with Killian earlier in the year and people were thinking, oh, especially when, when everyone knew that Ronaldo was going to leave United, I think uh, I think we, we some people were saying, well, oh, what if we brought in Ronaldo to kind of appease Mbappe? And I'm thinking, well, if we're going to do that, we might as well bring in Giroud because I feel like those guys have such a good they're such a good duo in the midfield. I don't know how or not the midfield in the attack, and I don't know how we would quite work in in our formation. I guess we could kind of go with a a four-two-three-one at that point with Giroud up top, but um, he, yeah, I know we already went over Giroud, but he's been yeah, very, very impressive to me, and I can't think of anyone else that I'd really love. I mean, I think it's pronounced Masraoui at at Morocco. I know he plays <laughs> right back for Bayern and left back for Morocco, but you know we already have Mendes, so I feel like all the pieces that that we need to win the Champions League uh, are kind of there. We just need to make it happen, but. I wouldn't hate if Giroud ever came to PSG in the future, especially if, you know, Messi doesn't extend or if Neymar's out in a few years. Yeah, and you mentioned Nuno Mendes, who went down with an injury um, for Portugal early in the tournament. So, again, Neymar goes down, Nuno Mendes goes down. That's unfortunate. Um, another name that I'll, I'll shout out is someone could be interesting, uh, Cody Gakpo. We saw him uh, against the U.S. Um, with Netherlands. Six foot four. Um, Plays for PSV in the Eredivisie uh, League. I think he's been linked with some uh, Premier League teams, but um, a 6'4 winger, 23 years old, got a great scoring record, international tournaments. Uh, there's been rumors Messi's going to be you know, leaving, maybe going to Miami in the MLS. I don't know how accurate that is, but given his age and contract situation, PSG should probably uh, be looking for some um, – players that could come in the attack and, and give Mbappe some help. I think Gakpo would be fantastic. Um, bright future. Would love to see him, but not sure if we can get it done. Uh, the could be new owners at Manchester United want to make a big splash. Maybe they, uh, they go after him. So, but he's a player that certainly impressed me. Would love to see him come in. Um, you kind of hinted at this, so let's just get right into it. Um, two controversial players, Cristiano Ronaldo and Adrian Rabio. We disagreed on this on Twitter, so I wanted to bring it up. Um, let's start with Rabio. I have been, since a couple of years ago, I've been writing, you know, he's he's our jerk, he's our asshole, whatever name you want to call him. But, you know, he's ours. Like, he's clearly just a player that is very moody and gets in his head a little bit and makes and says the wrong things publicly. We saw what he did when he was a reserve for France, and he said – just leave me off and we saw what happened at PSG but you know what he's ours and he's a really good player he's he's scored um, a couple goals here in the tournament already 
We plays in a position we really need. He would bring height to that midfield. Tell me why you don't want Rabio back at PSG. Uh, I just feel like maybe maybe like two three years ago, he could have maybe come back and and been been good. But I feel like our our midfield is Vitinha. The future is bright there. Um, we've got uh, Zaire Emery, who I know he's only like sixteen, but I think he'll be one of the next great midfielders in the world and i just don't think there's there's room for one more uh big personality at psg i think i think we've probably hit our quota of of uh you know not egotistical but we've hit our quota of kind of uh you know controversial players at at psg and i mean we've had slaton before that was that was exciting to say the least and not that zlatan was bad or anything but i just think if Rabio was 23, then mm-hmm. sure, but I I think he's in his 30s now, or he's got to be getting close. And I just think it's probably the ship the ship has sailed. I think for me on him, uh, uh, he's a decent midfielder, but I mean, not that that us bossing around, not bossing, but we, you know we beat Juventus twice. Not that that means that all of our midfielders are far better than him, but I just I just I don't know. I, I think that kind of sums it up, and I feel like we've got a couple guys that can step in and do what he would need to do. I feel like Fabian Ruiz, uh, Soler's a little more attacking than Rabio, I feel like, but mm-hmm. I just feel like those guys, we've got our we've got our guys and no need to change a bunch and especially not with a player who has just been so all over the place. And I, I know the media would not that it really matters, but the media would love to sink their teeth into Rabio and Mbappe stories. So I just um I don't want it. I'm over that. They would certainly wind him up, and of course, with Rabio, if it were just him, maybe it's okay, but it's really his mom you have to worry about, and, you know, why is Mbappe and Neymar on the front of the whatever, you know, posters and this and that, not her son, so, and Rabio, 27 years old, so right at that, I feel like it's a really good age for a midfielder who's got the experience, big clubs, PSG, Juventus, I think he came up through the Manchester City uh, system, so... I don't know. I've always kind of liked them. I kind of like those players that are a little bit moody and, and play with a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, and he believed himself. He, you know, he, they put him on the reserve team. and He's like, no, I'm better than that. And we're seeing in this tournament, sure, it took a couple injuries, but he's in the midfield and he's played really well. I can't say that he looks out of place there uh, with France, who you could argue are the best national team in the world right now. So... If we could get him, I would like to uh, have him. But your point is well taken that his mom and it just, yeah, a lot of egos in that dressing room. Um, Speaking of egos, now let's talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Before the tournament, there was a Piers Morgan interview and all this other stuff. So Manchester United have basically just cut ties with him. Um, So he's available after the World Cup, I believe, on a free transfer. So you would you know, just pay whatever his wages that he would want and he could play for your team. So we know Mbappe idolized him as a kid with all the posters. We've seen the picture. He can clearly still play. There was a picture where he's leaping above everyone to get to a header. And that's certainly something that we're missing at PSG. We have no aerial threat with any of our attackers. And also given PSG's injury history, do you think PSG should entertain bringing Ronaldo to the French capital. I know uh, a lot of people might not like me for this, but I I would not entertain it. Uh, you know, 
I was thinking, you know, yeah, he'd be a great aerial threat. And that was the one reason why I was, I was trying to think, you know, would it be a good idea? But I still feel like, you know, just if we get one guy, you know, just Ronaldo, I, I don't feel like our uh, our our wing backs are gonna change the way they play. I don't think I don't think we're gonna see Nuno and Hakimi trying to whip in a bunch more crosses, at least not to a, a an extent that it's an effective rate of crossing. So I feel like he doesn't quite fit the team. I, I feel like we are just a team that, and you know, maybe this is one of our uh, reasons why we don't win the the Champions League each year, but. I just feel like we're a team that we've just kind of given up on trying to win aerial, you know, headers in the box. And uh, maybe that is something that I'm tech. I'm certainly not a tactical expert, but I feel like that's, that's just kind of where we're at. We've accepted that we're not going to be good at that. We're not even that good at defending uh, headers uh, on, on the defense as we've seen this, uh, this fall in the past couple of years. But I just feel like he doesn't really fit the play style anymore, and he's he's badly out of form. I mean, I think I know Nasser has said, you know, no, uh, no more, what was it, no more bling bling or something like that. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. You know, if if Ronaldo is gonna come here, and if we're really gonna try and turn into a team that crosses a lot more, then sure, I think we should entertain it. I just don't think we're gonna do that. And if his salary is gonna be anything over like 10, 15 million, I feel like just forget about it, which I feel like he's going to ask for much more. I think he was making 33 or 34 mil at United. So I don't see him taking that big of a pay cut. I'm sure someone like maybe Chelsea or maybe Bayern or maybe even going back to his uh, childhood club sporting would would probably Hmm. be willing to shell out a lot more money. I, I would imagine he would want Champions League football. Like I think his ego wouldn't let him go anywhere. I'm not sure is is Sporting are they, they Champions are League? They're not in the no, round of 16. No, okay. No. They, I don't even think they. No, they they were uh, out of the big three for Portugal. They were the one that were stuck in the Europa League this year. And I think uh-huh. they're, I checked the other day. They're fourth in the table. I think right now. I think Braga might be ahead of them. Okay. Don't hold me that. I don't have it in front of me. But yeah, that that is the one thing I'm thinking. It would be a great story, but. Yeah, I agree. He'll probably want Champions League football, which is why I don't think he'll go to Sporting. If Sporting was running away with the league like Benfica is right now, mm-hmm. then I think he'd he'd consider it. But yeah, I, I don't expect it to happen unless just, he's just, yeah. yeah, unless he's just kind of over the idea of playing Champions League football. But no, what what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say you, you look at the teams in the Champions League, which is clearly what he's going to want to play in. I think his options are extremely limited. You mentioned Chelsea. I could maybe see that. Um, I don't know. Tottenham, it's not really a move that they would do. Bayern, I can't imagine they would do that move. Manchester City, eh, not, I can't see that. Napoli, not really. It's really PSG. They've, they've got the money to do it. They have the track record of doing this kind of thing. And for me, I just wonder, I mean, could you bring him in? I don't know. Can you sign like a six month contract? Does it need to be like a full year? I just wonder, can you can you bring him in as an insurance policy per se? Um, and just, with the injury history, we just saw Neymar roll his ankle. I mean, these things can happen at any time. There are worse players to have in your team to bring on in, in case of emergency. Now, is that the role that he would want to play? Probably not, especially sitting on the bench watching Messi, that's not going to happen. He's going to want to play. So then it's like, okay, you have 
Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, those three guys are playing. You bring in Ronaldo, are you just not going to have a midfield? Like, what's that formation look like? It's really difficult. I mean, I'm sure you can pull it off, but you are really, really lopsided on the pitch if you were to bring him in. So I like you. I would – if you, ha- I'm going to ask you. If I had to put a percentage on it, I would say there's probably a 15% chance that he comes to PSG. What would you put it at? Yeah, when you started asking that in my head, I immediately thought about 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just for everything you said, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I think a 4-2-3-1 would be good because we could have uh, Mbappe on the left. Uh, oh, it's just then, then you have to put Neymar or or Messi on the right, and that's just that's just not ideal. Um, yeah, it, it'd be tough. I, I think he's if of anything. I think he's going to to Chelsea uh, if you know if I had to put pick a team. But yeah, I just don't I don't see it happening yet because exactly what, like what you said, he's not going to want to be the guy coming off the bench. And uh, I, I totally respect that decision. I totally get it. And yeah, I, I just I don't think it's going to happen because of all those reasons you listed. Yeah, and and it would be interesting if he came to France because he's won he's won in Italy, he's won in England, he's won in Portugal, he's obviously won in Spain. So he could come to France, and if he wins a league on a trophy, I guess that's an accomplishment, right? Winning a title in uh, was that five different countries. So yeah, yeah. At that point, if he wins a, a league title here, then for his last ever career year, he might as well just sign with Bayern for for like a, a million a year. <laughs> Yeah. Just to collect that Bundesliga title and then wrap it up, he'll have all the six top leagues. Uh, he'll have won a, a you know a league title in the top six. And then if he's feeling extra spicy, maybe he can go to Ajax. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect that. Well, hey, what about your club, LAFC? You know they like to splash the cash. The the PSG of MLS, would they bring them in? Uh, yeah, you know I could see. Mm, I don't know. It's it's tough. We you know we've got Vela and. Bale has kind of been, he's been riding pine. He hasn't played a bunch, but he's been injured. I wouldn't expect it, but I could see as as LA Galaxy has a larger fan base than LAFC, and they've got, um, they're much more established. I could see him in the future, maybe going to Galaxy or something like that. That would, uh, that would certainly make El Trafico spicy. Uh, <laughs> I've never been to an El Trafico match, as the tickets are always so expensive, but might have to shell it out for that one. But. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, doesn't he have some kind of uh, legal issues where he doesn't want to be in the uh, United States? Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's actually true. I, I feel like that's the, yeah, spam some of the tabloids. No, I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, and I'm if you don't know, for listeners, just look it up. But I don't know if that's a legit thing. I think that just might be haters uh, trying to slander him. But I don't know if he can come to the U.S. or not. I don't think... Uh, yeah, I don't think it's really important, but who knows? Yeah, we're not going to get into it, but allegedly yeah. we'll use all those yeah. words. We don't we don't want to get sued here at PSG Talk, but uh, yeah, yeah if, if you know, you know um, what's going on there. So, okay, so you're a no on Ronaldo and Rabio. I'm probably a no on Ronaldo, but give me a little bit of Rabio. I like that. Um, we touched on Messi just a little bit, but as we look at the bracket here, and we're getting ready to wrap up here. You know, we mentioned Argentina's taking on Netherlands. I really like Argentina's uh, chances, but things could get very spicy here after the quarterfinals. You could have Argentina, Brazil. You could have, um, you know, France taking on potentially Spain. Um, 
you know, or Portugal. Portugal. I mean, you got some high profile players all just coming together here um, in the semifinal, potentially and beyond. You could have, I don't know, it's still technically we could get Messi and Ronaldo in a final. As you look at the bracket, is there a matchup, a potential matchup that you are really excited about that you really hope happens? Yeah, I really hope that. Well, I'd be bummed because I want them both to win the World Cup. Uh, if if France doesn't win it, but Brazil Argentina would be uh, that would be kind of crazy. Um, that would be on the 13th if it happened in the semifinals. Yeah, yeah Twitter would explode for that one probably. <laughs> not not as much as if it was Argentina Portugal, but yeah, uh, yeah, those two South American countries, you know, obviously longtime rivals and. They're always the ones competing for Copa Americas, except for Chile a couple times there in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, that one would be that one would be crazy, especially because it'd be guaranteed that a South American team would be in the final. Uh, obviously, the the Messi and Neymar showdown. Yeah, that one would be the most spicy for me. I we talked about it earlier. I'm really excited for France. Hopefully, playing England. A lot of storylines there. I love that. I'm I'm really hoping for a final of uh, France and Brazil, Mbappe versus Neymar. I think that that would be an incredible game. They're easily the two best nations in the world right now playing fantastic football. Two PSG superstars going head-to-head. Can France repeat? Can Neymar finally lead Brazil coming back from an injury? I mean, that that's appointment viewing. I would love to see that. So I'm really hoping for a France and Brazil final. Be incredible. Yeah, uh, that would. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be super fun. I uh, yeah, I'd have to root for France in that one. Obviously, being French American, but uh, I would feel so gutted for whoever loses. But yeah, that one would be super super uh, high profile. Yeah, and let's not forget about Morocco. Our boy Hakimi's doing big things. I like their chances against Spain, although they've been playing really well. Um, but Morocco, they can get past Spain. I like their chances against Portugal or Switzerland. So look out for them to make a little run here as well. So, uh, Ethan, I kept you here long enough. Um, it's a nice little kind of midway through the World Cup. We can just pause and chat a little bit about everything that we're seeing. A lot of storylines um, involving PSG players. So um, lots to pay attention to. So thank you so much for coming on. Let the fine folks listening know how they can interact with you on Twitter. Uh, yeah, at Twitter, I'm at PSG underscore Boise. Fantastic. And I am Ed. You can always find me at PSG Talk. Make sure to head on over to PSGTalk.com. We've got some World Cup coverage. The boys are cranking them out. Um, and thank you, as always, for listening. Go ahead and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. It's uh, much appreciated. And we'll try to, to do another one. We'll get Ethan on. We'll chat uh, post-World Cup. We'll see if our predictions and everything we were hoping to see actually happened. And we'll just kind of recap the whole tournament and then turn our attention to the second half of the PSG season. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.